Welcome to Life Beat. I'm your host, Chris Gass from Rice Life in Michigan. With me today is Emily Kroll and Anna Visser. Ladies, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy spring, finally. Yeah. It's here. Doesn't feel like spring, but we'll get there. Well, today we're going to talk about uh, the Supreme Court nomination. And then we don't have a third topic to talk about, so we're treading on dangerous waters here. What um, was what was our second topic? <laughs> well, our second topic is the Supreme Court, <laughs> and our, our first, first topic. There we go. You said our first topic. You're is sabotaging there. the intro. What are you doing? <laughs> and you said we this don't have not, a third. This one. is not good podcast or radio. This is intolerable. But first, there you go. But first, Anna, we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about the word the. So the. Yeah, the most important. Pretty cool word, right? Yeah, it's the definite article. Super important. All right. So before you turn this off and like, this is ridiculous. Uh, The is very important because uh, on the podcast, we've been talking about the abortion amendment in Michigan. We've talked about it often. We're going to keep talking about it very often. And the other side, as we announced last week, was beginning to collect signatures. However, the petitions that they were collecting the signatures on were unapproved because, if you remember, uh, they announced in January they're going to do this. And February 11th, they went to the Board of Canvassers to get their petition uh, for the signatures for this amendment approved. They do that because if you get it pre-approved by the Board of Canvassers, when they turn in the signatures, you know, we can't come along and say, oh, their petition doesn't meet state law and you have to throw out all their signatures. They didn't get it pre-approved on February 11th because they had a union logo on it with the words were too small uh, that violated state law, even though the Michigan Supreme Court decided to just ignore that for a different group. Um, So between February 11th and March 6th, uh, they didn't ask for uh, their petition to be pre-approved. They started just circulating petitions, collecting signatures now for uh, a couple weeks, but... They still thought, hey, let's go to the Board of Campsters meeting on this Wednesday and get our petition that's already out in the field where we're already collecting signatures on this legal document. And having trainings and, and having launches trainings all and over. launches and all this stuff. Let's get that approved, you know, just so we're good. So they went to the Board of Campsters meeting. They presented their petition. But Anna... And Emily, as you all know, Anna was there and could perhaps give her perspective on the mood in the room. There was a extremely big problem with their petition. Now, or, or you could say very small problem with their petition. Very small, but however, state law is very clear that the petition uh, at the beginning where it says, you know, we the undersigned, blah, 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 about a constitutional amendment and listing the summary – All that has to be very specific and follow the law. The geniuses running the uh, petition drive for Planned Parenthood and the ACLU decided to uh, do a little editing on their own and take the language in state law that must be followed verbatim, word for word, and added a the there. And now now let's be honest. Which... 
if you think about it, it needs, they just the had to the... copy and paste probably from right. something else online. Right. Also, it sounds weird without the the. It does. It does. So let, let's be honest. Like, whoever wrote the state law did not do a, a, a wonderful grammar job there. However, as President Obama would remind us, the law is the law. And uh, you <laughs> have to. strangely accurate. You have to follow the law. Like, you can't just ad lib stuff. To the letter. To the letter. To you the letter. The law. In this case, three letters. Mm-hmm. And they did not do that. And so uh, our attorney representing, um, you know, uh, citizens to support uh, Michigan women and children, which is the committee that we have formed to oppose this because that's what you have to do by state law because we follow the law. To the letter. To the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, lawyer brought up, hey, uh, the language in this petition is illegal, does not follow the law. And so the board of canvassers, Anna, three of the four, yes, were not happy that this was brought up. Well, the uh, the pro abortion lawyer came up, and she's new to this coalition. Oh yeah, real quick, they fired the old lawyer who messed yep. up on the union logo and didn't get their prior pre approval. It seems so. We don't know that he was fired, but it seems so because he was at can, the meeting. We can assume so, but. Um, so this mistake was also the old lawyer's mistake. So these new, this new law firm is still trying to pick up the pieces of this old lawyer. And they tried to claim that adding the in there is, they called it other appropriate interpretation or, or meaning, meaning like it doesn't change the meaning of what we're trying to do. And we still came back and said it doesn't really matter what, if it doesn't change anything, you just can't have it in there. So three of the four board members, I mean, they were all pretty receptive to, yeah, you're right, like that shouldn't be in there, but they were highly annoyed that we were bringing it up because we didn't bring it up last meeting. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that like that doesn't matter. They can be annoyed all they want, and the reason that they're there is to catch these little things to make sure the little tiny things are all correct. I th- I just think they were annoyed that there was all these little tiny details that they have to pay attention to. But It's not our job to make them follow the law. Right. And they can't, they can't, they don't have any authority to say, oh, keeping the in there is fine. You know, they have to follow it. So at the end of the day, they knew that they had to take it out. Right. So uh, on the surface, the way some news, uh, and I have to say the news has not been covering this at all. No. Almost at zero coverage. What little coverage there was was, oh, well, they did get their petition pre-approved. So the Board of Canvassers, as you said, voted three to one to approve uh, Planned Parenthood's petition so long as they take out the word the. I think there was two reporters that covered it, and that was it. Yeah. So on the surface, that sounds like, oh, well, their petition's finally approved. However, because they've been out in the field collecting signatures with unapproved petitions that if we're following the law, well, later on, those signatures will be rejected. They have to discount those petitions. I mean, they would have to, I don't know, they'd have to mail a new petition to every person on that list. They have to throw out all of the petitions that they've already printed uh, you know, they, we suspect that maybe they printed a bunch back before February 11, so they mm-hmm. were ready to go. 
and they had to get rid of those and print a new one. Now, all the new ones they printed, they got to get rid of those and print another new one because, again, they're not following the letter of the law, which I think, you know, when you look at the amendment itself that they have written, uh, spelling error in it and all, these people didn't do their homework. They haven't really thought about the implications of what they're doing. They can't do something simple like copy and paste text into a petition to get it approved. Uh, they can't plan ahead properly. I mean, this should be a strong indicator to people, even people who might otherwise support the idea of abortion being legal in Michigan, that giving these people control over the Constitution, which again, their broad amendment would affect anything related to pregnancy, any state law, any state regulation, anything possible related to government, that involves pregnancy is going to be controlled by the language of this amendment. And so uh, their petition drive so far has been a catastrophe. I'm not sad about and, that. And yeah, they had, if, if they got, if they would have had it approved on February 11 and uh, July 11 is the deadline for them to turn their signatures in. So their amendment can appear on the ballot in November. That's 150 days. Now we're down to about 100 days. So they've lost 50 days of their tight window to collect a ton of signatures uh, because they can't do simple things like copy and paste. Yeah. And the... Top men. It's... it's Top men. <laughs> you know, it, 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 personnel is policy is what they say. Um, but going through... So there's a lot of different pro-abortion organizations that are all working with the Reproductive Freedom for All Coalition. That's the group that is pushing this. We call them the RFFA because it's just easier. Why say a big, big log name? They're saying in some of their, their press and on their volunteer sites that they're trying to get 500,000 signatures. Considering the fact that they need 425,000, like 57 valid signatures, 500,000 is kind of a, a low a lowballing the situation because it doesn't give you very much room for error. And so what we're looking at now and what the what they're going to have to overcome is getting over 5,000 signatures a day, closer to 6,000 signatures a day in some cases, valid signatures. And so um, it's not impossible for them to do that. Nothing, unfortunately. Uh, they have a lot of money and they can pay a lot of circulators and so they could get it done, and we're going to do everything that we can here, and the Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children are going to be doing everything they can do to stop this petition in its tracks, make sure it doesn't get enough signatures on July 11th, that it will not be on the ballot in November. And, but it's still, it's still going to be a lot of work, so if anyone out there wants to know, is curious just about what's going on with the petition um, and, the, and the opposition do, to it, the Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children, there's a, web, a website, Support MI Women and Children. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, on Twitter. You can sign up on their website for email updates and getting materials and things like that. So it really is, like, this was a major setback, but they've still... They've still got a chance, and we need to we need to nip that in the bud, and mm -hmm. fight them on fight them on every hill. In the beaches, in the fields, and the valleys, in the okay.
<laughs> Good job, Winston. Um, and we, I would be remiss not to mention, of course, you can find all that from our website as well, rtl.org. Uh, but yeah, so I think along those lines mentioning, you know, so they're going to have to use paid circulators to get this done. They probably were anyway. Well, their volunteers are also paid. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. They Really? They indicated that the So they've set up by region um and then there's a regional circulator head of volunteers for each region and I think that person gets paid. Um so they've got a structure, but the volunteers on the ground are they're going to be giving t-shirts and stuff too because, you know, if you pay your circulators and then they don't indicate on the ballot or on the petition sheet itself that they are paid, then that's a thrown out petition because it's illegal. They have to indicate that they have been paid. And so, but the regional heads are definitely getting paid. Well. It's a lot. So (laughs) the interesting thing with paid circulators is, well, let's, let's separate it this way. So with volunteer circulators, which is what we always do, 100% volunteer. I mean, obviously we have office staff like us who are doing the top level like accounting and mailing petitions and all that. But I mean, even us staff, we're out as a volunteer after hours collecting signatures. It's 100% volunteer effort. And the reason we do that is, I mean, well, A, it's cheaper, but B, (laughs) volunteers have a significantly higher uh, success rate because they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They want to be successful. And so the success rate of those signatures is like, you know, 90% or above. Paid circulators, especially the kind of companies that do this where the circulators get paid by signature, their incentive is to collect as many signatures as possible, even if the person, you know, is, you know, barely legible, writing the wrong things down, doesn't matter. Uh, They want to get paid for, I mean, they can't be too ridiculous because no one will hire their signature firm, but they have a different incentive. And so the signature validity rates is like 60 70% 70% for those. Lots of bad signatures. And so they have 100 days. They're going to have to pay circulators to do this. The error rate is going to be much higher. So they're going to have to go even farther above the 425000 they need. And on top of it all, for paying all the circulators, like not just the volunteers, I mean, they'll have some volunteers, but the actual like paid, like this is my job, I collect signatures people. How many other petitions are out circulating in Michigan right now? It's like 16 or something. A ridiculous amount, most of which are going to be involving paid circulators. And so there's only so many signature gatherers, you know. So now we have a supply chain crunch, inflation and signature gathering prices. And so they're going to be paying a lot of money, especially the closer they get to the deadline to get those signatures. So, but as you said... You know, let's mention, you know, Mackenzie, I think Mackenzie Scott is Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon's ex-wife. She just gave $247 million to Planned Parenthood. A quarter of a oh, billion wow. dollars to Planned Parenthood. It's insane. And that's just, you know, that's Jeff, it's just Jeff Bezos's ex-wife. Warren Buffett gives to them. Bill Gates gives to them. George Soros gives to them. Yeah, I... The Heinz family gives to them. I could be wrong. I might be misquoting the data a little bit here. I believe that last year they received something, Planned Parenthood, just Planned Parenthood, received something like $4 billion in private donations. Uh, 
Well, I don't. I mean, they get a lot now. It might They've have been, been a billion. A it might have been a billion. It might have been four billion. But really, when the numbers start get going with a B, doesn't really matter. <laughs> and that was our point with taking away their Title Ten funding. Like they don't need your taxpayer funding. And they, since that was taken away for just like briefly during the Trump administration, they have parlayed that into a gigantic amount of private donations. But they're still working overtime to try to get you to pay for them directly. Now, I don't know about you, Emily, Anna. Have either of you uh, invented Amazon? Are you billionaires? No. Okay. No. Mm -hmm. I just thought I'd ask. Sadly. If you did, you could buy his podcast studio. That'd be awesome. Just saying. I could buy a lot um, of things. <laughs> I, could, I could put gas in my car. Yeah. <laughs> I could uh, not work dream anymore. Big. Yeah, dream big. Dream big. A full tank of gas. What a dream. <laughs> I share those dreams. No. Um, so... Let's move on a little bit. Anything more to say about the petition drive? You know, it's there's not going to be a ton of news. The media isn't going to cover it because collecting signatures is kind of boring. You know, the, the great question in 100 days, can they get this done? You know, also, everyone would have their different opinion on their probability of success. But I think we should just say they have the money to get it done. Yeah. If they're willing to pay, you know, millions of dollars just to collect the signatures. And maybe part of the reason that they're not running all over everywhere in the press is that all of these delays and the wrong font on the bug and having an extra word because we can't copy and paste it's quite embarrassing it makes them look stupid it, it makes them look incompetent so i wouldn't count on the press jumping on it until well at least some sort of big milestone the the gonware um article didn't even mention that they are incompetent they just ragged on our lawyer so they're never gonna say oh they messed up they don't know what they're doing they're Pride just gonna comes before the fall and, and I, I we should just mention that the lawyer who is no longer representing them for whatever reason <laughs> uh actually is like the other expert in the state on petition drive stuff so the fact that he, these two well the, the union mistake was just like a laziness that has crept into, and a lot of groups were doing it. I don't think he... But the fact yeah. that he didn't... All the other groups that had that issue at that meeting said, oh, well, can you approve us if we take off the union logo? And the board of canvassers was like, sure. But he never asked you know, for that for the... You know, maybe maybe they fired him on the spot, and then he was like, well, I'm not going to help you anymore then. Oh. But he still I'm, didn't I, do it for the other petition he's working on, so I don't know. He did do it for them. The, the, not the well, they went. They approval. went to court, went and to that, court. that's how the Michigan Supreme Court ruled on the union logo. Which, all right, we're going to spend the next fifteen minutes for me to explain why calling it a union bug is so <laughs> no, confusing. No, to we're people. not. Okay, <laughs> no, fine. On. No, we're not. Executive decision. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, all right. Well, let's go to our second and only other planned topic <laughs> for the podcast. Uh, blood pressure rising here. Oh no, we got. I'm feeling oh, fine. Okay. Um, yeah, look at that. We spent a lot of time. We're good. So, <laughs> Supreme Court nomination. Emily, would you care to elaborate? I think you've been following the hearings closer than I have. Are you accusing me of being a masochist who listens to judicial committee hearings? Then yes, it's, yes, it's painful. Am. It is literally painful. So, um, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but President Biden nominated Katanji Brown-Jackson to replace 
Justice Breyer on the Supreme Court. Monday was the beginning of her hearings in front of the Senate Judicial Committee. And um, as can be expected, they are going back and forth. And the first couple of days was a lot of political grandstanding of senators just talking about, oh, well, we're not going to harass you. And oh, we're better than everything. And it was very boring. But and then a couple days later, we got down to the nitty gritty meat of the issue. What does she believe? What is her judicial record? I don't think she knows what she believes. (laughs) Well, she doesn't want to say what she believes. So um, for us, there's a couple of things that she refused to say or refused to answer that were concerning. Um, I don't know if she necessarily refused to say it because she said, I have my own religious beliefs but i don't pull those into when i'm making a decision on a case did I you can listen con- to the audio or watch the video that's the question watch the video okay her non-verbal like her body well, language she kept saying like no i don't know she tried to explain it and she was like senator this and that and then she said i don't know i simply don't know I think she does know, but she if she's saying I have my own personal religious beliefs of when life starts, she just uh, doesn't want to say it. Well, she can't say it because no. then she would alienate the people who nominated her. So basically, um, Senator Kennedy down from, he's Louisiana, mm-hmm. I believe, um, very staunch pro-life supporter. He's a, really entertaining to listen to during these <laughs> judicial was funny. Yeah, so he, he was like, I'm sorry, what? You don't you don't know? <laughs> you got to do it. In a, what? what? <laughs> um, but he, he came out right and asked her. He said, Judge Jackson, when does life begin? And... Uh, I don't know. Um, she kind of laughed. She did. She it was it was interesting. So, but we knew this before. Um, we knew she was going to be a pro-abortion ideologue. When Senator Feinstein, um, Senator Feinstein always asks judicial nominees to the Supreme Court what their beliefs are on Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood mm. v. Casey. What is super pre- precedent? All of these things, and she's obviously trolling for. Uh, I will defend Roe like my life depends on it. And that's pretty much what she got from this justice candidate. Well, Emily, I'm not a podcaster, so I can no longer uh, participate in this podcast. Okay. Um, well, we could say that was You're, another... She's not a biologist. How can she answer the question she's of when a, life begins, oh, Emily? Oh, goodness. So that, that was another big moment. Um, Senator Blackburn, and she's from Tennessee, Marsha mm-hmm. Blackburn. She, she's we a, love Senator Marsha. Yeah, she, she's a firecracker. Um, she asked uh, Judge Jackson, just said, uh, what is a woman? Um, which I think everyone in this room can pretty accurately define what a woman is um especially since we're conducting a war on them apparently yes or that's so that's so 2012 pardon me yeah interesting (laughs) Mm. but anyway she said uh i i don't know i'm not a biologist um which is concerning well it's interesting because it's affirming that to decide if you're a woman or a man comes from biology yeah, and, but also just looking at it as her 
overall, like what kind of cases, if she's on the Supreme Court, what kind of cases is she going to be hearing? So if we're looking at abortion cases, right, um, health ex- health exceptions for late-term abortions. Okay, for the life of the mother. Well, if you can't define what a woman is, how do you define what a life of the mother is? Yeah. Well, Emily, um, I can't tell you when life begins. I can't tell you what a woman is. I can't tell you what my judicial philosophy is, but let me write a 400-page opinion about how substantive due process, according to the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution, requires that abortion be legal through all nine months of pregnancy, including up to the process of birth. So um, I just want to be really clear. I don't know anything except the Constitution obviously includes abortion, even though it's not in the Constitution anywhere. Just, Thank you, Judge Jackson. I just, want you to, I just want you to be aware. I did figure out that when they had witnesses come up and say what they thought, there was a pro-life activist that was witnessing against her. I think you know more about the case. It was like a... McCullen versus Coakley. You, you mentioned to me that she was speaking. I was yeah. like, oh, the sidewalk counselor, that's nice. And then I, I watched it this morning. I was like, oh, that person. Yeah. yeah in Massachusetts. Because I, I started watching right as she was done talking and I looked her up because she was talking about abortion. And, and then I saw that she was pro-life activists and so i didn't know what was exactly going on Uh, so she was talking about her case Uh, she's a sidewalk counselor she was just a nice pleasant old lady and she stands in front of a massachusetts abortion clinic you know pleading with women and you know any men that or other family members that happen to be accompanying them or forcing them in there uh you know please don't go through this we can provide help and all that and the uh state government of massachusetts decided she can't do that and decided the First Amendment is still applies to the Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, the clinic escorts, as they call them, but not the pro-lifers. And that went to the Supreme Court. And uh, this is relevant because uh, Judge Jackson wrote uh, was an it amicus a, brief. a brief saying that, yeah, uh, pro-life sidewalk counselors stink. Basically, yeah. They were talking a lot about this activist yelling at women like that was a big part of the case yes like she was being mean to them and like yelling at them it's all a matter of opinion and she was saying i was far away from them like i was on the sidewalk yeah like can't i can't hear them like in grand like at the grand rapids abortion facility the parking lot is a good 50 feet yeah you're not yelling at them you're speaking a little louder you know, to so they can even hear you, but you're not, you know, cursing at them right. and screaming at them, which is the image that uh, the abortion industry wants to evoke. Um, because those those mean pro-lifers don't actually want to help her. They just want to yell at her or something, you know. Uh, so this is important because, you know, Judge Jackson, if she's going to get on the Supreme Court, um, which, you know, the Democrats have a majority, and uh, Senator Joe Manchin said today, that he was going to vote for her. But, of course, you know, the media, I, I will say, you know, one, <laughs> sometimes the media volunteers uh, Joe Manchin for things that he doesn't actually do. But so just <laughs> Poor Joe Manchin. Getting that out of the way. Yeah, poor Joe Manchin. He's the most powerful man in Washington right now, in pretty much. In the world, much. yeah. Uh, but, you know, she is going to be an abortion advocate. Any pro-life law she sees, she's going to vote against, most likely. Uh, any pro-abortion effort, she's just going to give a rubber stamp to. I just always, it, it brings me back to when 
uh, the California law attacking pregnancy centers and, you know, Justice Elena Kagan actually had some kind of pointed questions for California, like, why are you doing this? Isn't this, isn't this bad? You know, but at the end of the day, she still voted to side with California and shutting down the ability of pro-life pregnancy centers to use their First Amendment rights, you know. So they are beholden to the abortion industry and Judge Jackson, if she becomes Justice Jackson, is going to be just like the two other pro-abortion judges on that Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else we want to talk about before we're done? Slip just, a third topic just, in. Just our two topics today. All right. Well, let's, let's call it a podcast early. <laughs> Is right. it early? We're pretty much normal time, so we're doing pretty well. Okay. Well, if we drag out this goodbye for a long time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We can make then, the goodbye a third topic. <laughs> you know, it's a Michigan goodbye. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all oh, for listening. Oh, look at listening. the time. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Join us again. Now you're dragging out. Join us again next week. And thank you for listening.